0: So let's start off by thinking about why why sleep? Why sleep's there? Well, at the heart of it, we are all animals and we're programmed to be active in the day and sleep at night. And at night in rest and recovery, there's many processes are taking place across our whole body. And we're starting to understand the importance of this restorative part of the day and the processes that take place.
1: And welcome to Successful Student Transitions, a podcast where we aim to help students thrive through any life change and transition. Perhaps you're facing a big life change, moving to university, a year abroad, a work placement, or out into the world of work. Times of change like these can be both exciting and challenging. Our aim is to support you as you step out and find your new gear. Using the latest from research in this field we will be suggesting ideas from evidence-based practice to help you enhance your well-being. Our mission to help you settle well and thrive in this next stage of your life. If you'd like to access the full transcript and learn about our other podcast episodes click on the link shown in the podcast description given on your podcast app. That will take you to our website where you can download the full transcript for free. And while you're there, why not register for our newsletter so we can keep in touch and send you other goodies as well. So let's get started. Today's episode is all devoted to the very important topic of sleep. We start with a few words on sleep from Raffi, who is one of our student voices in the Voices in Transition series, episode 11
2: it's so easy to just sleep until like midday one o'clock because obviously for the first time in your life you're not at home and you haven't got a parent watching you but I know a few people did that and it just that just leads to really bad mental health Mm -hmm. um so I think trying your best to stay in a routine I mean like obviously there were days where I slept in after nights out and things like that goes without saying has to be a balance but you know generally in the week trying to you know, and I'm not saying you're going to make every lecture and you're going to wake up at 8am every day, but just just keeping a handle on a bit of a routine and having a little bit of exercise. I think just like a bit of everything in moderation.
1: So sleep matters, and in this episode, we discuss why and how we can improve on this most fundamental of well-being practices.
0: Welcome to successful student transitions: a time to thrive. Um, we're on part of the series of fundamentals for well-being. And today, Louise Wells and myself, Elizabeth Gillis, are going to be talking about sleep, um, the benefits and challenges. There's an author called Matthew Walker. He's a neuroscientist. And he says that sleep is the most important factor to our physical and mental health. It's fundamental to us all. And when you're a student or new at working somewhere, um, you're often on your own um, in a new place um needing lots of energy to do different things um having fillers and drains and maybe if you're not sleeping well drain a drain could be part of that thing if you're not sleeping so we're going to really focus on sleep today and before we were kind of recording today louise said a really interesting thing about It's such an active thing, but actually a kind of almost like a passive thing as well. So we're bringing it up to make it a really active thing and talk about it. And we're going to talk about the science of sleep. And we have to say the story so far, because there's so much we don't know about sleep. It's something that's fundamental to us all. And we're starting to understand more about it. So we're going to talk about the science, um, what gets in the way some strategies that might help you get a good night's sleep. Um, Some some of them might be not what you expect. Uh, We'll link in how the PERMA framework might fit in, and we're going to share some resources for you. So let's start off by thinking about why, why sleep? Why sleep's there? Well, at the heart of it, we are all animals, and we're programmed to be active in the day and sleep at night. And at night in rest and recovery, there's many processes are taking place across our whole body. And we're starting to understand the importance of this restorative part of the day and the processes that take place. And I guess we all know the benefits of a good night's sleep. In the short term, we feel quite refreshed and ready for the day. And even a poor night's sleep, just one, can affect us. Think about what happens to you. If you've had a disturbed night, maybe noise around you or maybe the effects of having too much alcohol or you just didn't get into that window of going to bed at the right time. So there are short term benefits, but there's longer term benefits are becoming much more clearer for our, our well-being. So people talk about the circadian cycle And that's the 24-hour body clock that's in charge of sleep-waking cycle that's linked to day and night, light and dark. And, of course, we're living in times where there's artificial light. So we've got to be, in some ways, even more conscious about when it's supposed to be dark and it's like, about what we're doing. And our body is primed to be in partnership with the natural world. And it makes sense to be active in light, and rest during the nighttime. And this body, a bit like what we've been talking about with our fundamentals, it's not just one thing, but it's a complex system of things that play dynamically together. And for different, of a, different people, there'll be different things that are in play for us, for us about sleep throughout the day, not just when it gets to nighttime. So we know that there are important neurotransmitters that release and um, get activated at different times of the day. In the morning, you likely know this one called cortisol. It gets us up in the morning. It wakes up our body. It starts to give our energy. It gets us hungry. And then throughout the day, especially if you get out early in the morning, serotonin is released, and that manages your mood and energy um, and that early morning light is really, really important to it. Then when evening comes around, the excess serotonin, if there is some, is actually converted into melatonin. And melatonin is, is that thing that we know helps us get to sleep. It doesn't help us stay asleep, but it's that neurotransmitter that's kind of working to put us, make us feel tired and sleepy. So they're already... You can see there's a dynamic of things. You don't just need melatonin, but you need you need the cortisol to wake you up in the morning, the serotonin to be activated and in your body to help your mood, and then the excess of that gets made into melatonin. So there's a there's a really interesting d- dynamic of things, and we can influence these things happening. Of course, if you lie in bed all day, your serotonin's not going to be made. Or you know if you if you do certain things, or if you if you maybe um, eat later at night, because that's going to have an impact on our on our circadian rhythm. Because it's not only like we feel you know our we feel that we've got this this circadian rhythm, but organs in our body have that. So our heart and our lungs and our stomach they almost like have their own circadian clock. Their clocks are important and it's about working with them. So you might know that, you know, if you eat really late at night, as I said, that might interfere with your sleep because your stomach's going to have to do that. So a regular regularity of what you do and how you do things throughout the day is going to affect your sleep, not just when you go to sleep. And we know that hormones are released during sleep that repair our cells and influence our use of energy. And these changes can affect body weight, your immune system, the energy you have, um, and also, you know, during the night, our brains are almost washed with a fluid that gets rid of debris of from neurons firing to that thinking process. So that important um aspect that your brain's washed in the night is you know really important for for you to remember things and to um have kind of a, a good working brain the next day. Um, and dream states sort of are really important to thinking about how that how memory is consolidated. Um, so sleep is a really protective factor for our body and how it's working, and our mind and our brain is how it's working. Um, There's some sleep cycles that happen, so and they have different functions at different times of these cycles. So there'll be deep sleep cycles and dream cycles, um, and when these kind of cycles are going through, each one of them is important to you. So if you get a short amount of sleep, you're likely not getting all the cycles you need. We also know that part of us as as humans, some people are described as larks, (laughs) right, in our sleep. So we're kind of fundamentally all the same, but there's differences within us. So we're alert in the morning and we like to go to bed early in the evening. And other people are night owls. So we're alert in the evening and we like to sleep in. And, and often that's more of a kind of young adult teenage um, kind of sleep cycle, isn't it? Where you, you know, you are really maybe not wanting to go to bed and, oh, no, it's time to get up again. So it's kind sort of good to know which one you are. So if you know you're a night owl, then it might be important to try and wind down at the end of the day, um, and also to make sure you're getting up early in the morning at some point to get some light. And um, if you know a you're a lark, you know get your work done early in the morning because you're going to go to bed early. So fitting in with about what you know about yourself and works for you. Louise, w- what do you think you are? Are you a night owl or are you a lark?
2: I used to think I was a night owl. Yeah, because I would work late, but I can't do that anymore. So I don't you really can change, um, but neither am I a lark. So I am somewhere in between. So yes. I sort of go to bed at 11, get up at yeah 11. I, I don't think I could ever be, you know, you, you hear about all these people with their morning routines that get up at 4am. That's never been me. So yeah, I'm somewhere in between the two. I think and and I I think I would say I would say the same.
0: I mean I know I'm not I'm not I'm if I was to choose one I'd be more kind of in the middle, but I'd be more of the night owl. I'm certainly not a lark.
2: Mm.
0: When I've got to get up in the morning, it does cause me a little bit of stress in my body. I can I'm, I'm aware of it, and especially how I've got up in the morning and I've got to get somewhere. Um, I know then for me the night before getting a good night's sleep is pretty important. Yeah. And, of course, there's a little bit of debate as well about how many hours sleep we need. Um, Some people talk about seven to eight. Um, However, you know, for teenagers, um, often teenagers need a lot more sleep because there's lots of growth happening in your body. So, So be kind of aware of, one, about how important sleep is, and, two, about we're going to be talking to you about how to understand your own sleep as well. Um, but given the information that affects all our body, all our brain, likely, you know, you can read things about Alzheimer's and, you know, that's a long-term challenge, is that, that maybe sleep's been a, whether it's a chicken and egg thing, where that comes first or, or whatever, we don't really know, but there's certainly people with Alzheimer's, they often have poor sleep for, for a number of years before that. So... Who wouldn't want to get a good night's sleep? Um, so we know that uh, you know sleep difficulties. Are, um, it's a challenge to us when we're not sleeping well, um, and there might be kind of things we could take into an equation or think about how these contribute. So, are you making sleep a priority? Um, Are you knowing that all these important things that sleep does for you, if you were going to give it a a number, it's my number 10, or is it a number one? Um, And, of course, it might change if you've got a lot of time, pressure, and to get work done, that that might change. But try and and make sleep some kind of priority. Um, We know that stress and worries maybe it might affect your sleep. So we, we're thinking about how you might manage that. Um we know that there, you know, there could be problems where you sleep can have a, a an impact on sleep. So if you were maybe sleeping in a noise where there's a lot of noise around, or um you were maybe even working, working in your bed as well, using your bed as a sleep uh, as a workplace, that can interfere with it. You know, we all know jet lag can interfere with with sleep it's changing time zones caffeine drugs or alcohol some medications can interfere with sleep um if you've got mental and health problems they can also anything else that I haven't mentioned that can interfere sleep Louise a snoring partner
2: yes <laughs> noise then, yes I guess that goes with noise doesn't it noise and um, yeah not having a routine around sleep and not you know going to sleep at the same time i i don't know i i think i do wonder whether age is part of it as well Mm -hmm. um because i definitely yeah we're talking to you as students and i don't think i ever thought much about sleep when i was a student other than i'm tired i'll go to bed earlier tonight so um i mean perhaps i should have done and then i'd be more productive and energetic had i had more sleep um but i think our sleep profile probably does change over time as well I think it does. And knowing
0: about as well about what we talked about in the well-being bucket in PERMA, that if sleep is an important thing for you, then when you don't sleep, there's the challenge. Mm-hmm. So to try and kind of make sure you've got enough sleep in your bucket so that if you've got other challenges, it's not going to it's not going to take it away.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So when we're thinking about how you promote sleep and of course In each of these segments, there's, you know, there's people write books about all this stuff, but and what we've tried to do is just take a few things that might be um, more straightforward things to think about. But um and we know that different things will work for different people, but it might be worth keeping a sleep diary. Um, and about looking at when you're having a good night's sleep, what contributes to that or what's interfering with it. So people have, you know, if you go onto the internet, you can find sleep diaries, but it could be a useful thing about just think about when you're going to sleep, kind of roughly what time are you continuing to sleep throughout the night are you waking up? Is there some disturbance? Or can you again get back to sleep quickly? So keeping a sleep diary is a really good thing to do. Um, um, maybe also in your sleep diary, think about what you're eating drinking and what your exercise you're doing that might impact on it maybe record it for about seven days and see if there's any patterns um and try and do the more helpful than the hindering stuff people talk about resetting your circadian clock clock and the often advice is to get up at least 20 minutes out of light in the morning we've we've sort of said that so outside is much better than in to set your circadian and your body clocks, eating at regular intervals, that'll start your serotonin release, Um, eating serotonin-rich foods, and we are going to be talking about nutrition at another level. You can see the dynamic of things that are happening together. So things high in protein, like eggs, chicken, nuts, seeds, things like that will give you that sort of boost throughout your day so that then it can be converted into melatonin. And so try and keep a pattern of sleep and wake times. When you sleep, try your your environment to be cool, quiet, comfortable, um, careful as I said, not to work in your bed. Don't use it as a desk. Um, Weighted blankets are sometimes quite good. And that dark, try to have a dark room. It's supposed to be really important to get to sleep. Try and limit your electronics before bed (laughs) have that phone charged away from your bed um is it the last thing you do at night and the first thing you do in the morning pick up that phone i know i'm conscious of doing that sometimes but um you know i know there's there's uh you can monitor how much you're on these screens because of course that light will affect how you're going to sleep but be conscious of is that one of the things that's helping or hindering you? Um, what's your bedtime routine? Do you wind down? Do you signal change in that transition that you're moving from, an, you know, uh, a time when you're moving and doing lots to a more restful recovery time? How can you relax? How can you switch off your mind? Do you listen to music? Um, do you do something that's boring to send you off to sleep? Um Building relaxation, mindfulness, body scanning things. There's lots of apps. We'll maybe share some with you that work well to kind of make that a transition time to signal to your body, signal to your mind. Yeah, this is a time for recovery now. Um, if you're if you're lying awake and trying to fall asleep, try not to struggle with it. It's a hard thing to do, but try and kind of like relax and. Breathe into that. If you're not sleeping, kind of people suggest you get up after 20 minutes. You don't want to associate bed and not sleeping. So um, try and kind of use your bed as a place just to sleep um, and don't lie in bed if, if you're not sleeping. So those are the kind of nighttime things and the daytime things are about avoiding excess alcohol and stimulants. You know, watch your caffeine intake. Sometimes caffeine throughout the day can cause difficulties in falling asleep. And be careful of caffeine and tea as well as in coffee, but in chocolate. Making sure you get exercise through the day, people say about 20 minutes at least. Have those consistent meal times and avoid eating heavy meals before bed. Try not to go to bed hungry. Try avoiding naps. <laughs> um sometimes people might manage their worries during the you know during the daytime um and maybe we'll we'll refer you back to that minding your mind podcast that we had Um, one of the things that we said in there is that having a time to worry if you're worried about things setting yourself a worry time can be good so that you know, if it comes up for you, you can say, I'm going to worry about that later at that other time. Um, Louise, you said something earlier about
2: bookending your day. So I think this links to um, something that we said in the Pana session around writing down at the end of your day um, things that you're grateful for, accomplishments, Um, throughout the day so things that you've achieved during the day I noticed for me it helps if I sit down and write some gratitude what I'm grateful for accomplishments and then I just write down the key things I want to do first thing the next day and I just put that to one side and that kind of finishes the day Um, but it's also highlighting in my mind what's going to happen the next day so I think the idea is that subconsciously when you're sleeping, you know some of those connections will be in the main, being made and hopefully that helps you when you wake up in the morning, you're clear on what's coming next. So the book ending the day is, is sort of recognizing that actually how you go to sleep at the end of one day is really how your next day is going to be. So it's it's finishing the day well, it's preparing well for the next day. And preparing yourself to sleep well too, yeah. And the other thing I, w- I would say around exercise is the recommendation is that you don't do too, ex- um, too um heavy exercise or just before you go to bed. So often to leave two or three hours before um, you go to bed to give yourself time to wind down, and your body to wind down, the adrenaline to calm down, and everything. So exercising, yeah throughout the day anytime, but perhaps very gentle stretching type exercise, fine before bed, but don't go and do some crossfit training one hour before you want to go to sleep. Because certainly in my experience that just wakes me up and I don't go to sleep very easily. Um, So remember
0: this this whole podcast series is is about transition. And going into sleep is a transition. (laughs) True. So that kind of thing that Louise said about bookending you have to end well to make a good new beginning and that's what we talked about in those early discussions about about what transitions are about you have to end well you have to finish off all things you have to leave you know leave well leave your day behind well in order to make this next day a good day and you know to to view it as a transition and do something intentional like this is you know really it's really important and of course, if you've got any problems for help uh, for sleep, you know, ask for some help. Um, there are there are places out there. You know, go to your GP, or there are places about there that will help you. There are sleep clinics. There are things there out. You know, that you may get some help from. And we're going to just kind of try and finish these fundamental series off with the same kind of thoughts and questions about. Linking perma to this. So think about noticing. Notice about how sleep is related to your positive emotions. You know, when you have a good night's sleep, what happens to your emotions or what doesn't happen to your emotions? Um, notice about how sleep impacts your engagement of things. That's the EU, isn't it? Notice how sleep affects your relationships and how if you have a good night's sleep or, or you're not a good night's sleep, how that affects relationships you have with other people. Notice how sleep affects what matters to you and the meaning you make in things. And notice how sleep can have an impact on your accomplishments. And having noticed those things... What can you do about it? So bringing your awareness to it and then choosing to do something intentionally about it, putting sleep up the higher priority level for you if it is an issue for you. So that's how we're going to bring sleep and, and parama sort of in a close relationship and also be thinking about how sleep, where sleep is on your well-being bucket. Does it have a high register with you or a low? So some, some resources to share with you. If you want to read a little bit more, um, the Matthew Walker book is a really good book and it's called Why We Sleep. Uh, Nick Little Hales has written a book just called Sleep. The sleep book, How to Sleep Well Every Night by Ga- Guy Matthews is also a good book. And for listening, Headspace um, is a great book. Um, app as is cam um, headspace is ww.headspace.com and cam is www.cam.com um you can look up a sleep journal online there's a there's some YouTube stuff that's quite good on that and if you do need some professional help think about your GP think about university support services or your work support service mind www.mind.org.uk has got some useful information on sleep. And there is a sleep charity in the UK, and it is called the Sleep Charity. And they also have some really good information about sleep on the website. So we're hoping this brings you a good night's sleep Mm -hmm. so that you can rest and recover, finish your day well, ready to start the next day thanks for listening
1: we hope that you found this episode on sleep helpful why not take some time now to think about the key messages for you from this podcast does sleep feed or drain your well-being bucket and what more changes could you make to enhance your sleep if you're listening to this podcast for the first time, you might be interested to link back to the three episodes that provide the background knowledge for series three. So that's episode 21, which introduces you to the series. We talk about the fundamentals for thriving, their dynamics for thriving through change. Episode 22, Wellbeing Foundations, we talk about the framework that we've referred to in this session called PERMA, based on the work of Professor Martin Seligman. And episode 23, The well-being Bucket. It introduces you to a fun way of thinking about your well-being inputs and leaks. Now, if you're really struggling, please seek support from your GP, your well-being services at college, university or other mental health professionals. So thanks for listening today. We'll be back next week with an episode on movement. And now for the legal bits. The information contained in this podcast is for information purposes only. The content is not intended to act as a substitute for professional advice. Please do not delay in seeking professional support for any medical or mental health condition. The use of the information on this podcast and associated materials is at the user's own risk.